I'm a fourth year international relations student at the University of Edinburgh. Uh, I'm just from Glasgow, so nowhere exotic, unfortunately. Um, and like, I started um, like the I like joined the noisy movement probably last January, last February, and then met Lizzie. So yeah. I'm Lizzie. I'm a fourth year English literature student. Um, I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area, so a little bit further away than Emily. But um, I'm the secretary of the noisy movement. And like Emily, I joined last January when they were, you know, advertising it and asking for people and haven't really looked back and got to meet Emily. So what kind of is the noisy movement? What do you do? It's mainly a platform for people to come to us and who sort of want to raise awareness about like societal issues and we'll like give them the help, like running it up, setting it up. Um, and ideally we'd be wanting to run like big like fundraising events. So like an open mic night was what we had planned in March, but obviously that got canceled due to COVID. Um, just big club nights, um, fundraising events for like, um, societal issues and the two campaigns that we have at the moment are this is not consent dealing about uh, sexual harassment sexual assault and rape uh, in society and the second one which is still quite a new campaign is the noise for boys so it's all about male mental health and trying to uh, squash this like stigma uh, surrounding like male mental health and just trying to get the word out for there and just raising money for charities associated with that as well. Yeah, we kind of act as a platform to raise funds and awareness. Um, we're not a charity ourselves, but we kind of funnel the funds that we raise into um, both allowing our, our society to grow larger so that we can increase our impact. And also we donate um, the majority of what we raise to some really wonderful charities like um, Rape Crisis Scotland and um, various other charities. That's the first one that comes to mind. Like Women's Aid, like Edinburgh Crisis Centre. So quite, it's, we're, we do try to keep it quite local um, because we want like it to be able to have like an impact like on the like hopefully like the city of Edinburgh and the surrounding the university too. So what kind of fundraising events do you normally run? Yeah, we had all sorts. Um, we really started off with a lot of like larger club nights um, as the events that we run, but also we have smaller things. So we have a series of products, like we have um, reusable tote bags, water bottles, um, lanyards that we all would sell outside. Oh, look at her, she's prepared. <laughs> um, that we would sell outside of the library. We now have them available online just because, you know, nobody's really at the library, but um, yeah, so we would do that and then we also started to branch off into different events. So we were looking to run, um, like Emily said, we were looking to run an open mic night, which would have loads of different uh, really fun events, as well as um, kind of a more sporty uh, fundraising with different sports teams and a, um, a really wonderful group that does um, exercise for mental health called Bound Fitness. Yeah, um, one of the biggest events I suppose that was supposed to happen was um, would have been in April and it was the Balmoral Ball with the Ancients and we basically had like done a collab with them um, 
and it was supposed to be like this like huge event like to get like more word about, about the noisy movement um but obviously covid happened and that was unfortunately cancelled um but hopefully in the future that event can happen again um yes. but it was yeah like our events are usually quite big but obviously we've had to adapt in like what we do uh, so i think we're gonna try and do small like little fundraising events but as often as possible with like sports societies like other um societies at the uni with like societies like girl up like sex expression like those sorts of things um so yeah it's mainly like doing like big collabs is also like a huge um thing that we do so how has covid changed things i mean obviously there's the you can't run events but how has it changed society kind of differently how do you interact with members and stuff we we usually just do zoom meetings now um so we'll have two monthly meetings just over zoom and one of them will probably be the more formal side of things like this is the direction like what we want to go down this month like these are the goals that we want to achieve this month and then the other one is mainly just sort of like a committee like informal event like maybe like a pub quiz like we had a scavenger hunt like around the flat and like our events coordinator Ishbel she arranged this um it was it was actually a pretty good night she just arranged this big like games night um which we were able to do over zoom but yeah we're still we're still like trying to like adapt to it all because usually we'd be able to sit in a big room in Appleton Tower in the evening and just like sit and just like all collab and talk with each other and just get um, stuff done. But yeah, no, it's going well so far. I think that a lot of societies are facing the issue that it's very difficult to kind of like draw in new members um, when, you know, you don't have the ability to go to the pub after your meeting, just to like meet each other and to make friends with each other. So it's definitely something that's been um, difficult to overcome in a lot of ways because you don't have the same things and it's difficult for a lot of people to adapt because this is the way that Emily and I are both fourth years and so we've just been spending three years of our lives doing things one way. Um, but, you know, the pub quizzes are fun um, and we're hoping to, you know, draw in new members with whatever we can be doing. Yeah. Our social media has definitely really helped drawing in new people because um, without obviously like the physical virtual fair, uh, freshers fair happening, um, like we didn't, um, we sort of noticed that there was a lack of like, I don't know, engagement with the society um, on like the virtual fair that they ran because I think usually the girls in the old committee found that people would just be wandering around the hall and they come across like because our logo and our brand like I think it really really does stand out and people would see it and look about it but I think unless you're following us on like social media and like uh, your friends with us on like Facebook then you wouldn't really know that much about what we do so our social media we've really really trying to make that reach out to a lot of people and doing um more posts and hopefully that will attract some new members but yeah we've we've had quite a few new members join at the start of the year which has been ideal um so we just need to wait and see what's going to happen after christmas as well so yeah and that's when emily and i joined because after in january you're like oh my gosh i've done nothing during first semester it's time to like find 12 societies to join 
And I think yeah. that, that that'll be the time when we can really, you know, find more people yeah. who want to make a difference and want to join us and have fun because we do that too, I promise. <laughs> so what kind of draw the two of you to the society in the first place? Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of what I said. Um, I got to January and I realized that, you know, I was looking to do more than kind of just sit there and do uni and like go out with friends and stuff that I wanted to join more societies. I wanted to really get involved. And um, the noisy movement came up as something that a friend had shared um, as something to join. And I decided that, you know, I would go along to the meetings. I would, and I just kind of like, I guess I just kind of like rolled along with it. And then somehow I'm here and I'm secretary. And I feel like that's kind of, but it's been such a good, uh, such a good journey, and it's really been something that I'm so pleased to be a part of. Yeah, um, mine. I used to go to like theatre school when I was. I don't even know how old I was with one of the girls, and she was the old events coordinator, and she was sharing like loads of things on Facebook and Instagram, and then I noticed it was at Edinburgh Uni, and I was like, oh, like this is a society that would be really interesting. But it was mainly like the sort of campaigns like the sexual assault and the male mental health which really um which really like captured me and i really just wanted to get involved because those are two things that i've always felt like the need to raise awareness for um and i hope that like i would have been able to like help contribute to that and helping with like the fundraising side of everything too um and then they held a coffee sort of morning after Christmas, uh, I went along, spoke to Neve, the founder of the Noisy Movement, and it just it just was such a nice ethos of a society, because uh, I'd been to quite a few societies in the uni, and I felt like they were quite disorganised, and I just felt like sort of out of place that this, like, really, because we've all really clicked so well with each other, because we have so similar, like, similar goals similar ideas of where we want to take this movement and we're all so passionate about it still being ah sorry still being um like us like our little baby and trying to like you know pass it down for like other um students to come after me and lizzie leave uni um and i yeah i really just wanted to get involved in like the fundraising event sort of side um, and it wasn't until I was speaking to Catherine and Eve, the old secretary and president, that I sort of was just like, oh, like, I might just apply for president. It was a very like slapdash decision. I was like, oh, like, yeah, it'd be really, really good. Um, and that's where it all started. And it's been great. Like, best decision at uni that I could have made. Definitely. And I think you were saying that like there's so many different people and we're all so similar and we've gotten we've gotten on so well. But also I think that it was so nice because, you know, joining a lot of societies, there are people who've been doing, I don't know, basketball for 12 years or they're, you know, like the absolute best acapella singer and I can't sing at all. But everybody at the noisy movement has completely different life experiences and comes from completely different kind of like. Um, backgrounds in terms of what they're studying like I'm doing English Lit but um, our old treasurer was doing uh, gosh she was doing um, chemical engineering I think Callum and then now the treasurer is doing law and so it's just everyone from all over the uni and there's no real like prerequisites and it's really just open to everyone and that's kind of what was also so nice is that 
Nobody was going to say, well, you can't sing, so you can't join. <laughs> yeah, none of our paths like crossed before joining a society. Um, and I think like all of our differences, like everything as well, do really help to make this sort of cohesive um, society. Um, and we're all really looking out for each other. Like we're all gonna help like each other and it's nice to have that in a society as well. So yeah, it's been really good. Yeah, I mean, that's really good because for a lot of societies, as you say, there's this, this kind of huge barrier. You need to already have this knowledge to join. Um, but for a lot of societies as well, it's kind of difficult to get involved after kind of first or second year to kind of get in kind of later on. Is it, how, how do you find that with later year students joining? Is that, do, does that happen? How do you kind of welcome them and get them integrated into a society that's kind of already formed maybe around their, their year group? I mean, Emily and I both joined as second semester third years and now, you know, we're on the committee. Um, I think a lot of our society is, you know, third and fourth years. Um, but I don't know, it's never really that differentiation of you're a first year versus I'm a fourth year and therefore, you know, I'm somehow above you, which I think can be present. So it's never really, I don't know. To be honest, half of the people I couldn't really tell you what year they're in, but in a good way. I think not in an I don't know them way. Um, but yeah, I think it's really easy to join and it's really easy to become involved because we're always looking for people and we're always looking for people who want to be a part of the society. And that's, I think, what's key is just wanting to be there rather than, you know, being in one year or another. Yeah, because I feel like um, from just like personal experience, like first and second year for me, because I didn't really have a sport, like society that I really wanted to join. Um, I would be like, I don't know, I would dip my toes in quite a few societies, but nothing like would ever make me want to stick at it. Um, and I feel like third year, you sort of have an idea of what your interests are, uh, what like you'd really really like to do and noisy movement just seemed like ideal because you're raising money for charity as well and you're raising awareness and for me when I do something I want to see it have an impact and see a difference like and I felt like at some of the societies that I was in like there was a lot of talk but there wasn't any doing and I'm like the noise movement really stood out to me as well and it's just like okay like you're going to join this society you're going to help organize this event you're going to help organize and start up this campaign um and that was really like the most appealing thing for me to do as well um and it's just yeah worked out for the best i think i think from the moment we joined um we had the ability to be a part of the society and to make a change there was no holding back and there was no like we've been doing this for two years um you guys are new it was very much like we're all doing this together delegating roles to everyone um and it was just it's just worked really really well within yeah within a month of being a part of it um we'd both worked on planning events we both had been you know um finding people and using what we could offer to the society and nobody was ever like okay but you're you've only been here for a few months, so you should probably just follow my lead. Um, they, it, and it's kind of, it's continued on like that because everybody has something to offer and we're never gonna say no <laughs> to that. That sounds really nice. Um, I do wanna circle back to the, the campaigns you have. Um, is it 
it was two campaigns. You, have you kind of closed off any campaigns, or are these the two you've, that have kind of been ongoing since the since the start? Um, no, they've st- still still ongoing. Um, there's still quite a lot of stuff that we'd like to do with the campaigns. Um, the noise for boys campaign that we have like the water bottles for and that is still relatively new it started up probably october 2019 um and we did a collab with the american football team um but ideally i think we would like to branch out into other sports teams other areas in the university and not just make it like solely just like closed off to sports um and really like branch out with that. Um, and hopefully we're gonna try and find a new campaign leader who'll lead that. Uh, Cause Faye, she is campaign leader at the moment for the This Is Not Consent campaign. Um, but ideally we would just like to have two solid campaign leaders and have that sort of direction and just make it a bit bigger, make it a bit more well-known. Um, yeah, Lizzie, do you wanna talk about This Is Not Consent? Yeah, absolutely. I think that you were asking whether we've closed off anything yet. And I think it's very difficult for us to do that because these are such ongoing issues. Like, at no point is um, the stigma around male mental health, at no point is that going to not be an issue for a while, for the foreseeable future. And it's the same with, you know, um, sexual violence and sexual assault because they are such prevalent issues. And um, I think that for us, we'd want to keep on working towards our goals and working to destigmatize mental health and to make the world safer for women, um, no matter what. So until those are things that we don't have to worry about and until, you know, um, rape crisis Scotland doesn't have to exist, we want to be continuing to do things and we want to be continuing to work towards those and also branching out to make new campaigns because there's so many issues that are prevalent, not only in the world, but in our community specifically, that we can be involved in and that we can make whatever difference we can because the amount of money that we've made, um, obviously we'd like to keep on making more and we'd like to keep on making a bigger difference, but any small thing is so important. And that's, I think, what's really kind of driving us. So this is not consent, that was your first campaign. Do you want to kind of talk maybe a bit about what kind of the drive that started that and what kind of some of the issues are around that and what some of the things are that you're doing within that? I'm not sure if you remember this, but in, uh, I believe it was 2017, there was a rape trial in Cork in Ireland and a young girl's panties were used as evidence that she was asking for it, essentially, and were used as evidence on, on the defence team. Um, and that, I mean, at its core, that is wretched, it's awful and it's evil. And that is exactly what drove our founder, Neve, to create the noisy movement is the notion that by wearing lace panties, somehow you're asking for it, you're asking to be raped and sexually assaulted. And that's wrong. The fact that that could even be held up in court is wrong. Um, And that's the notion that we've gone forward with, is that no matter what you're wearing, no matter what you're doing, whether you're intoxicated, whether you are naked, you're never asking for it. And it's not consent, no matter what you do, no matter what you wear. Um, And so that's what we've gone forward with, is creating um, a movement around the notion that women's sexuality 
is never, women's sexuality, but also women's existence is never proof of consent. The only thing that is consent is an active and enthusiastic yes. Um, and so we've continued with that and we've continued to support charities that also um, speak to that message and support women who've gone through um, trauma related to sexual assault and um, yeah, and sexual violence. Emily, if you want to continue on. Yeah, and I think as well it's to educate people and actually understand what consent is. And I always like, we've recently did, we've got a blog as well on our website. And for the first post that we did, it was a welcome from myself. And I think I'd been shown this video probably in, at, like in first year uni from, from just a friend. Um, and it was just someone asking if the person wanted to have tea. And it's just that simple. And the person was like, no, like, oh, like maybe later, like maybe they've said yes, like five minutes early and then now they've changed their mind. Like, it's just that simple. And it's to raise awareness surrounding the issue and for people who have gone through such a traumatic ordeal, which they should never have to go through. But the biggest thing as well is to educate those who actually need to understand what consent actually is. Because I still feel like there are many, many people who still don't know. And I think there's still these blurred lines of everything. And porn as well does not help at all. Um, it shows sex in this horrible way, like girls maybe not enjoying it like those sorts of things and that's one of the big things that we really do want to squash and to just educate people on um so our biggest idea that drove neve was the fact that yeah a woman's thong was held up in court um and saying this is consent like there's there's so much wrong with that um so so much wrong with that and I really am so glad that Neve has started up the noisy movement and has been like, this is not okay, this now, like now something needs to be done about this. And it's annoying that it's not, it's not gonna happen overnight. Cause our society is like so f in that sense. Um, but I am so glad that Neve has started that up. Um, and I really, really hope the campaign just goes on to do what it's already doing, like raising um, money for Edinburgh rape crisis, like centres, like those sorts of things and helping like people know that it wasn't, it's not their fault. Like they weren't asking for it. Um, yeah. And like Emily was saying, the video about tea, it's not just, you know, it's not just a stranger in a dark alley. It's not just, um, you know, um, it's not just date rape, it's not just a stranger in a dark alley. There's so much to sexual violence that is unaddressed and that nobody really tells you about at a young age. They, uh, you know, they say like, don't talk to strangers on the internet, don't get into cars with people you don't know, but they never say that it's not okay when um, somebody keeps on giving you drinks. They never say that it's not okay when somebody that you trust tries to, um, push you into something you're not comfortable with and so it's raising awareness for all of the things that aren't okay and all of the things that you know stem from um holding up 
a woman's pants in court and saying that that's okay, that she wore those and when it's not okay. And so that is, that was kind of the driving moment, but there's so much more to it and so much more that we continue to bring in and so much more that we continue to kind of educate people about. I mean, so speaking of education, what sort of stuff do you do there? Do you kind of produce materials? Do you run seminars? Yeah, so we share a lot of important materials. None of us are um, trained counsellors. None of us are trained in ways. So in a lot of things, we don't feel comfortable in um, teaching because, um, you know, we are still undergraduate students for the most part. And so we're not in a position where we have the... um, where we have the training, where we have the resources to be able to teach, but we do um, share important information. We create um, guides. We have our blog, which shares um, resources. And so we do as much as we can to educate people without um, stepping into a space where we essentially don't belong. Um, But um, our founder, Neve is, I believe it's today, actually, she's... um, on a panel about sexual assault and about um, consent, which is really wonderful. So um, we do have that, um, we have the ability to kind of like talk about it without stepping outside of the bounds of what we are capable and qualified to say. I think as well, like we are, we we want to spark a conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, We want the campaign to be sort of a conversation starter and to actually people to maybe see the tote bags or see like the messages we put on social media and be like well yeah that actually wasn't okay like I wasn't I wasn't okay with that um and I think it is to just spark a conversation in people um and maybe like have that conversation with friends like see if they've had another like a similar experience um be that in a relationship with a stranger like yeah Absolutely. And if, you know, one person changes their perspective on consent, on mental health, um, and if we're able to have, you know, one person say, maybe it's not okay that this is happening, or maybe I want to learn more. um, Yeah. That's phenomenal. So, I mean, I'm sure you must run into a lot of kind of misconceptions around these things as you're you're doing kind of all this. What what sort of are the main ones that, that come up? I'm not sure... I think we have such a strong and supportive audience and we have such a strong and supportive community um, that there is, we haven't, we haven't too much encountered people who are, you know, (laughs) against us saying that sexual assault is bad. Um, (laughs) But I think that there are a lot of conceptions, especially around male mental health, I think, and Because I think that's something that's really important is the notion that mental health is only when it's bad and that mental health is only when you are facing difficulties and when you're struggling. But mental health is a constant. No matter what's going on in your brain, that is mental health. Whether you are absolutely, you know, neurotypical, you have absolutely nothing to worry about, you are very, you know, happy, content, that's your state of mental health. Um... But I think that people only want to deal with mental health when there is a crisis and when there's something going on, whereas it's a constant, it's a constant state that we're in. And I think that that's something that a lot of people often forget because you say, how long have you been dealing with mental health? 
when everybody has been dealing with mental health since the day that they're born. It is, you know, the state that we're in. And I think that that's something that a lot of people often overlook. Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing that we want to discuss with like the mental health campaign is the fact that you look after your body, you go to the gym, you stay fit, but what are you, what are you actually doing mentally? Like, are you listening to yourself? Like, are you maybe waking up a bit late and like feeling quite anxious? And are you listening to your body? Are you listening to what your brain's telling you? Um, stress as well is a huge thing, which people are just like, oh, I'm just stressed, I'm just stressed, I'm just stressed. And they're not actually sitting down and being like, actually, like, what's making me stressed? Because, yeah, you can say, oh, uni, uni work's just making me stressed, but there could be a lot more going on. Like, you could feel a bit disconnected from your friends. And I feel like at the moment as well with COVID and everything and uni being online, a lot of people are feeling very disconnected and isolated. Um, and I think letting people understand that it's okay to have a down day and not beat yourself up about it. And then we really want to just squash this saying like, oh, just man up. Like, okay. Um, and we want to try and get, prevent like people going down this horrible cycle that they feel like they can't really speak about their like mental like health issues. Um, and people just need to listen to themselves, take time out for themselves. And yeah, like we've not really had that many misconceptions. I think like the biggest one is probably, I think a lot of people will maybe think that we are this society, um, which is quite, um, what's the word? Be like quite, like really quite like radical and quite aggressive with what we want to do. But that's not the case in any way. And yeah. I feel like people in the past have maybe seen our like logo and have maybe like shied away from it. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably our biggest like misconception that we've had. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, I think it's just, you know, the context of what we're doing. And also, you know, the fact that we have run events like club nights and stuff before, but that we're more than that, that we want to raise awareness and we're raising funds for doing all of these things rather than just creating fun nights out for people. I think that's important. In terms of your other campaign, um, what was it called again? The Noise for Boys. Yeah. Um, so what, where did that kind of stem from? Do you find there's a real difference in talking about mental health between men and women or is what's the kind of impetus there? I think there absolutely is. I mean, for me, if I say I'm feeling depressed, I'm feeling sad, um, then my friends oftentimes, you know, it'll say it'll be a question of like, oh, what's going on? How are you? Like, what can I do to support you right now? Um, and, you know, if I am going through something, it is so natural for people to kind of support me and it's natural for me to cry and to deal with that in my own way and to look for coping mechanisms that are really healthy and to not suppress my emotions although you know obviously not everything is done perfectly and I'm not always you know dealing with my emotions and with my mental health in the best possible way but there is that space in which I can and I think that for a lot of men that's not the case um 
a lot I forget what the exact statistic was but you know the majority of men who have attempted suicide said that they didn't feel that they could talk to other people about it that they didn't feel that other people would listen um, yeah. and like Emily said there's the saying just man up about it you know just stop crying don't be a sissy don't be a baby um, because uh, poor mental health and having emotions is so inherently associated with femininity and that's not the case we're all human and we all experience emotions and so to say that men aren't allowed to is just it limits them and it's harmful and i think that that's where this stems from is that men are so limited in the range of emotions that are acceptable for them to feel and oftentimes things will channel into anger they'll channel into unhealthy coping mechanisms um you know people will maybe drink away their feelings and that's just it's not healthy and you know drinking is it can be a great social activity but when it's filling up a void that's filled with lack of resources then it becomes an issue as an example i feel like as well like if you look at the increasing statistics of suicides amongst young men i think that says everything like a lot majority probably felt that they couldn't speak about it they didn't really have anywhere to go because it was seen as this like sort of feminine thing to have emotions and to have feelings um and they've just felt like oh okay like i'm i'm not normal i shouldn't be feeling like this i shouldn't have feelings like i shouldn't be feeling anxious or have a panic attack like on the train um and i just think if you look at these statistics among young men it just tells you everything that there clearly is an issue and a huge stigma around that topic and that subject um and we are the campaign really does want to show um people that it's okay to just like ha- like feel like you're uh, feel like you're worthless but come and talk to somebody like come and speak to people about it and understand that like you are going to have emotions and maybe this is why you're having this emotion and show people why instead of people thinking like oh it's it's something wrong with me i'm the, i'm the weirdo um and it is really just to discuss that sick stigma around it and try and get it in the bin to be honest yeah absolutely and i think that we're at no point are we trying to say we want all men to be you know happy and content all the time and not to have struggles but we are saying we want people to feel that they can discuss it and we want we want men to feel that you know this isn't something to bottle up and something to hide away you know we don't want when men oftentimes will say i haven't cried in four years six years since i was seven in this like bragging kind of way as if this is an achievement but we want that to we want to be able to say no this is a natural human response and we want it to be we don't want men to have to internalize that message that you know not crying since the day that you were born and you came out of the womb is the only way to exist because that creates a whole host of other issues that we would ideally like to not have to deal with. So what kind of events are you running around that? Obviously, I know COVID kind of, if, if it started in October, then COVID got in quite early. Um, but what sorts of things did you do in October and in, and in January, February? Um, so there was a big um, 
think it was a big raffle night auction that they had um, at the pear tree. That was the first event that they ran uh, for it. And I think Neve, like the founder, like overran like the whole event and everything. Um, but it was mainly just a collab with the American Football Society. And since that, like we haven't been able to run big events um, we haven't really been able to take the society where we'd want it to be now, but we're working on it. Like we're reaching out to other societies. I think the American football team are interested again to host like a mini society event within them of like fundraising for mental health too. And we'll help them and provide that platform too. Um, but yeah, it's still, it's still like a pretty new campaign. Yeah. We have our bottles, the bottles um, for the campaign that we've um, been able to personalize for different teams and fundraise through that. We, although it wasn't able to go ahead, sadly, we had a pretty wonderful event in the works for a number of different sports teams, which was again, working with the group Bound Fitness to create um, kind of a, a larger event of, um, tying in the kind of like society um, night out with um, exercise for mental health and to link the two in and to create a space in which the two could interconnect and we could raise uh, we could raise funds so obviously there are things that we're excited to run in the future when COVID permits but for now we are we've got some stuff in the pipeline um, and we're excited to do what we can with what we have. Our biggest like thing happening in November is the mental health and wellbeing month that the student association uh, is running. So we've applied for funding for that to help with this like campaign that the student association is running. Um, so we're gonna have weekly events for the four weeks of November, all surrounding mental health, and it'll be probably ranging from a yoga class over Zoom to making cupcakes, doing a fitness session or something on the meadows, just those sorts of things. And I think that will really, really focus on mental health. Yeah, so those will be really great free sessions. Um, call, we're hoping to call them Wellness Wednesdays um, yeah. for that cute name, but those will be things- so that Original. Are, yeah, super original. Um, but we're hoping to, you know, keep them um, in a place that's really available and that people can access them really easily from home and transfer those skills into their everyday life. Um, to say, if I'm feeling down, I can do yoga, I can paint, I can bake, I can exercise, this, that, the other. And just taking the time out to focus on yourself. Um, it's so important and that's the sort of message we're going to get across then so that's more generally just to do with mental health um so you mentioned collaborating with the american football society um what sorts of other collaborations have you kind of done and, and what does that kind of generally involve i know you Sarana, have run a lot of kind of consent posters around the university were you kind of involved in that campaign at all or um we've done i don't I don't know if we were involved in that campaign. No, we weren't involved in that at that point. We've collabed with Girl Up. Um, yeah. So we ran an event with them um, as well to raise money. And I think the um, 
earnings of that or like the profits of that night was split in half and both of us picked as a charity which we wanted the money to go towards. Um, we've got something in the works at the moment, hopefully, um, which we can't really talk about because it's still in yeah. the process of everything. Um, and yeah, Girl Up's been our biggest and Femme, 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 Femme Fatale. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of our club nights that we ran. Um, but yeah, we've been working with different um, sports teams with uh, Girl Up. We've been working with other um, groups that aren't necessarily um, kind of the type of society that we are, like the ancients um, who we're working with for our Balmoral Ball. But obviously we're very excited to work with anybody else who has similar um similar goals to us in similar ways that they want to kind of encourage the university community to get involved so if anybody wants to work with us we are very keen hit us up <laughs> hit us up yeah we've got we've got social media these kind of issues you know around consent and, and mental health are kind of big issues in the world right now there there's a lot of talk about them how do you kind of see yourselves in that global conversation? I think obviously the biggest thing for con- in, in terms of consent is probably the Me Too movement, um, but I'm sure there have been comparable things with mental health. Where do you kind of see yourself in that? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really great question because, um, you know, we don't have that global reach yet, but um, we do have the community aspect, which I think is really important. Like we were saying, we do work on a community level with our charities um, and we work with people who you can actively see what they're doing in our in the local area so when you do attend our events you know that what you're doing is going to people in your region and i think that it's wonderful to have the global me too movement and to have um, larger groups but oftentimes where the funds go it's not going to reach your local area and it's not going to reach people that you care about when they need it So for us to be raising money for people, you can see what's happening and you can see the impact um, up close and personal. And I think that's really important for us because I think that on a global level, there's so much happening. And for us to try to join that would be more noise. Um, And while we do like being noisy, um, hence our name, I think that to create that buzz for us and for our community is really what we're what's the most important for us so to see somebody carrying our bag and say this is not consent or to see the the funds that we raise go straight to edinburgh crisis center is i think more impactful than if we just you know donated to me too or don't or any of the charities that they support yeah and i feel like because it is at the university level it is a lot more localized and I think it's a lot, maybe a lot more relatable because you can speak to students who are part of the committee um, and the society. And I think it makes people a lot more comfortable in actually understanding of the societal issue. Um, and I think having like the grassroots sort of level, like it being at Edinburgh run by students as well, it will mm-hmm. then maybe like help our generation go on and influence like society and like other areas too so I think like we do play a huge role um in like the global movement of it all um because we are 
influencing and letting like students talk about things and helping ed like helping societies and charities in Edinburgh and I think it is like it needs to be um bottom up like it really really does like that's the majority of what these movements have happened like in society is from the bottom because there is an issue um and I think because it is so localized a lot more people are willing to get involved because there is that sense of attachment and relatability so and I think we also make it fun because as much as the people in our society want to actively make a difference and want to create those events for a lot of people there isn't that push and so when we do make it an enjoyable event when we make it a club night when we make it an open mic night when we make it a uh, raffle night for the American football team it becomes something that's approachable and that people can do easily and can just say this is a night out but feel good about it because they are raising money for important issues and so I think that in that way we're involving people who might not have done it on their own we're involving the people who aren't going to go to the coffee meeting because they want to be involved with um, a group that's raising awareness around sexual assault. But if we make it this palatable um, format, if we make it a ball where our raffle prizes, which are really wonderful, are then um, translated into funds for um, really excellent groups, then people who wouldn't necessarily be involved, the people who aren't going to be attending the marches, the people who aren't going to be posting on Facebook and Instagram, they're the ones who we get to, you know, have that small piece of awareness added on. And I think that piece by piece, that's what really creates people who are involved and people who want to become involved. So you mentioned the Edinburgh Crisis Centre, I think. What kind of other local charities do you work with? Um, we've done Edinburgh Women's Aid, um, Edinburgh Crisis Centre. For the open mic night, we reached out to a charity actually based in Glasgow um, about um, human trafficking and uh, sex workers. I'm looking it up right now so I can have a complete list because yeah. off the top of my head, I remember absolutely nothing ever. Rape Crisis Scotland, um, Scottish Women's Aid, as well as 24-7 Edinburgh Crisis Centre are the three that we have worked with the most heavily um, in, our, in our area. And then we're also looking to do joint events with other groups that aren't necessarily, um, that aren't necessarily charities, but do offer similar, um, that do offer similar kind of um, uh, services such as Nightline and um, things that are in the, university that are in the university community. So in terms of the university, do you find the university itself provides much support? Because obviously these aren't issues unique to just student societies. The university itself um, does do some things around this. Do you find they help, support, are welcoming of your efforts? To some extent, I think that they provide funds and with prompting will also provide um, information and resources. Um, so we do have a small amount of funding from a pot for our um, November welfare events or wellness events. And, you know, there's also, we're able to go through USA to um, discuss different issues that happen and book rooms. So I think that the university gives as much um, support to us as they would to any other um, group, but obviously 
from our perspective, they could always be doing more. So um, I think our founder, Neve, she's now the VP uh, welfare, isn't it? She's now the VP welfare for USA. And so she went in with um, the aim to create um, a pre-matriculation consent course, um, which is something that is really wonderful. And it's been done in different universities before, but the university itself never really put that into action. And I think that there's so many things that the university does do eventually, but only with prompting from the student body. So I think that the university offers support, but I think obviously they can always be doing more. And I think that they don't oftentimes seek that out themselves without prompting from grassroots student organizations like ourselves. So a pre-matriculation consent course, what would that kind of involve? I think that obviously, you know, it's something that is as much effort and as, mu- and as much attention as you're willing to put in. Um, you know, I'm sure that we've all filled out the um, plagiarism uh, forms yeah. before you have to submit any assessment and you just kind of click through it because you've, you've done this for four years and now you know where everything is. But it would be something to, um, before the students are able to matriculate, they would have to um, complete a, a series of um, potentially videos, readings, um, quizzes. I'm not extremely familiar, but this is something that's been instituted in, I think maybe Durham did it? Is that one? I don't know. I mean, Andrews as well. Yeah. So Andrews University too. So they've created those courses that, you know, in order to become a student, you have to, yeah. to some extent, demonstrate a working understanding of what is involved in consent and to know that consent is not just, eh, I guess, um, which I think would be absolutely important because of all of the, um, you know, uh, St. Andrew's Survivors was one of the first ones. And then there's the... Um, is it Eddie Anonymous or something? I forget what the name is. Um, in Edinburgh, that are drawing attention to the kind of rampant culture of sexual assault as well as um, sexual violence and coercion and just so many things that are wrong that are bubbling under the surface that get very little attention. any kind of closing final things you want to close with what what kind of would you say to a student thinking of joining like just do it give it a try see if you like what you're doing like don't be scared to join like we're all in the same boat together just like come along our meetings are pretty fun and they're not intimidating in the slightest um and just like try out different sorts of societies like me and Lizzie, like we're both, we both joined and knew that this is the society we wanted to join in third year. Um, yeah. So I really just want to stress that, like, just come along, just see how you feel about it, ask questions to people as well, and see what you'd be able to do as well and what you'd be able to contribute to to, to the society. So you do feel like you have a purpose within that society, and that's what we really want to 
create within our society. If someone's really interested in events, we'll make sure that Ishbel, our events coordinator, is working really closely with them. If someone really wants to just help with like the outreach and like social media side of thing, then you'd be working really closely with Josie. Um, and if people just don't really have that many interests, but know that it's a society they want to be involved in, will make them feel so, so welcome as well. Yeah. And I think that it's important to know that everybody who's in the society now, not a single person was there when it was founded. And that we all just kind of went out on a branch, went out on a limb and decided that we wanted to attend and that we just ended up staying because it's so welcoming and every single person in the society wants more people there. And it's one of the most rewarding things I've done at university. I think it's one of the, mo- the thing where you can actively see the impact um, when our treasurer Hazel actively donates the money that we've raised you can see everything that you've done coming to fruition and I think it's absolutely phenomenal and I think that even if you come to one meeting and you decide that you hate all of us we're boring and mean then which won't happen that won't happen I promise um um even if that happens then you've tried something new and you've realized it's not for you but more than likely my hope is that we will be welcoming that people will want to join us because it's fun it's rewarding it's welcoming it's friendly and also um on a completely unrelated note we are hoping that more um people who are not strictly female identifying would be excited to join because at the moment that's something that we don't have that perspective and we would love to have it so if someone did want to join, what would they do? Do you have, I assume you have social media. Do you have kind of meetings that run weekly or things like that? What would they, what would they get involved in? Um, so if you just like message our Instagram page and one of us will just let you know, add you into the platform that we use called Slack. Um, so that's where we run like all of our society, like communications and everything. Uh, and we'll probably usually have two meetings a month. Uh, and within that, if there's other projects going on, we really do encourage people to meet up themselves and like do Zoom calls and everything. Um, but yeah, just reach out to our Instagram if you have any questions. Just, just ask. Like, if you're still unsure about what our society actually is and what we're doing at the moment, honestly, just slide into our dms and just yeah just just get involved honestly also if you have anything that you want to do or anything that anybody wants to do that we can facilitate and that we can provide a platform for we are so excited about that because this is a space that everyone can make into their own um you know our um jew who does um all of our graphic design she really took it upon herself to kind of make it this cohesive beautiful brand and jasleen who does um who works with her as our co-creative team leader she um made this phenomenal website for us and she runs the blog and that's everything that they were so thrilled about and that they wanted to do so if you want to start a new campaign if you want to run an event if you have ideas we want to make them happen that's yeah that's the yeah. biggest thing what our society is like we really just want to help people maybe get a campaign like up and running and we'll be able to provide that 
a platform, that following for it to sort of launch as well. So yeah.